Welcome to the Bethesda Christian Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit yourbcc.org or download our mobile app from the App Store. Good morning to all of you who are joining with us this morning, and happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms and all of you who are celebrating Mother's Day today. What are you going to do today? Now, I don't want to be exclusive and just ask that question to those who are celebrating Mother's Day. To everyone, what will you be doing today? Now, how you answer might seem trivial. It might not seem very significant. But some questions about what you will are very important. The answer tells others about your intent. Well, that's what our will is. Intention, desire, ambition for the future. Will is an expression of an individual's determination, insistence, persistence. I have made up my mind to do this, and I will do it. Will is used to express what is to come. And that's why people write a will, a document that might begin like this, Last Will and Testament of Patrick Visger. I, Patrick Visger, being of sound mind, do hereby declare, write, and publish this document to be my last will, my final intentions, what I want to be carried out even after I'm gone from this earth. See, God created us, all of us, with the ability to exercise our will. And likewise, God has a will. God has an intention. God has a desire toward the future. Does God have a will for me? Well, that's a question many have asked. Am I in God's will? Is my will aligned with God's will? Over the past two months, I know that my will being aligned with God's will, well, that has been tested. That has been tried. As I said, God has given us the exercise to, uh, or the ability to exercise our will. So I will defy our government's orders. Now, I won't say that thought hasn't crossed my mind, but is that God's will? And if not, what is God's will? And I've been asked that question, as I said, and I've answered it. And this is how I've answered when someone has asked, what does God will for me? I answer, God's will for you and for all of us. It's very plain and it's in his word. Jesus said it clearly. Follow God's commandments. And Jesus distilled them down to these two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself. In the New Testament, in the letters that the apostles wrote, there is practical life application given for Jesus' commandments. And the Apostle Paul is one that did this often. He wrote lists of how we ought to put into practice the commandments of God. There's a great example in his letter to the church in the city of Thessalonica. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, Paul wrote, 
it is God's will that you should be sanctified. Then he went on to explain what that meant in terms of living. He wrote, live clean lives, control your body. Don't indulge in passionate lusts like the pagans. Don't take advantage of another person. God did not call you to be impure, but holy. And Paul went on, if you reject this instruction, you are rejecting God. You reject his will for your life. Paul continued into chapter 5 of 1 Thessalonians. He gave a superb summary of this idea of what it means to live out God's will. It's given in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 to 18. And they say this, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is God's will for you. This is God's will for me. Rejoice always. And always includes even times of forced isolation. Pray continually. Well, we've been emphasizing prayer since before Easter, when maybe it was easier to pray and we weren't feeling as hemmed in and locked down. When life gets stressful, prayer sometimes comes more easily and it becomes more continuous, not as hard to apply. Give thanks in all circumstances. And that includes our current circumstances, where it might be easier said than done. Rejoice and give thanks. I'll admit over the last two months, it's not been easy for me to do. Yet, here I'm reminded in the Word of God, this is God's will. And this morning, I want to focus on just one aspect of Paul's great summary here of living out God's will, this point of giving thanks. Giving thanks is an action. It's not passive. There's an adjective, and the adjective is grateful, and it helps describe this act of giving thanks. Being grateful means expressing thanks, and if we drill down into this word grateful, we find it comes from the Latin gratis, for grace. And at the core of grateful, it means dis describing or recognizing, acknowledging, appreciating grace. Have I received any grace over the past eight weeks? Is there anything for me to be grateful for? And the answer is absolutely yes. Personally, every need of mine has been met. Despite having to rely on deliveries instead of being able to just hop in my car whenever I need something and drive to the store, despite having to reprioritize things, despite having to be patient and wait for deliveries that are late or don't even show up, I have things that I can be grateful for because every need has been met. And as a pastor, this time has been trying. There's no doubt about that. Not being able to visit people, especially those who are sick. I can't give a hug to someone who lost a loved one. Yet, we can still be in communication. I have the phone, and I've been writing cards, and I have all means of digital communication that I can use. So I can give thanks. 
that I haven't been totally cut off. And here at the church, we have such a great staff of ministers who have been lending a hand. They've been doubling their efforts in a support team that has been excellent. And I'm grateful for all of that. Even though there have been times that I've been grumpy. And if you've been grumpy, grumpy with the rules, the lockdown, the shut-in as I've been, I know that we can refocus. We can see blessings. We can see grace. We can count those blessings and be grateful. And I'm hopeful that we've turned a corner and we're at a point of easing back into life and activity outside the walls of our homes. And as we do that, let's move forward with a positive attitude marked by giving thanks in all circumstances. After all, it's God's will for us in Christ Jesus, recognizing his grace. Let's make that our will, our intention, our desire for the future. Say it in your heart. Say it out loud. I will be grateful. That's God's will for you. Let's align our will with his. If you've been someone who's ever wondered, what is God's will for me? Here it is. It's not hidden. It's out in plain sight. It's not secret. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It can be our will, though, to be grumpy. It can be our will to have a bad attitude and be thankless. Or we can will to be joyful and grateful and recognize God's grace. As we move out of our lockdown to help us with living out God's will for us, to help us with being grateful, let's remember the grateful Samaritan. No, no, not the good Samaritan. Not the parable. Let's remember the account of an actual man, not a fictional character in a parable. The account of the grateful Samaritan. Let's remind ourselves of that account. It's recorded in Luke's Gospel, chapter 17. Luke 17, 11 to 19 gives us the account. I share it with you. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. As they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. This passage is as short and succinct as it is shocking. Ten men with a devastating disease and at their time in history an incurable disease. 
a disease so feared that anyone who contracted it was condemned to an ostracized life. They were separated from the rest of society. They formed communities of their own, communities of lepers who were forbidden to come into contact with the rest of society. They were sentenced to live as outcasts, separated from family, separated from friends. Imagine for a moment having such a disease. What a dreadful thing. It's not a death sentence. It's more like a really slow death sentence. In a way, it's almost worse than dying. Skin legions and ulcers begin, and then they multiply. And it's disfiguring to fingers and toes, and then hands and feet begin to waste away over time. A person with a disease of leprosy can become unrecognizable. It's like being dead, but still alive. Now imagine, for a moment, having such a disease and being healed. It would be akin to a physical resurrection, nearly a literal death-to-life transformation. Not only would there be the physical transformation, but the societal transformation, the, the social transformation, coming out of isolation, being reunited in the land of the living, in the company again of friends and family and all the loved ones, back in society, your place in community restored, back to work, your vocation, being able to have a purpose and fulfillment in your life, once again being able to do the things all that, that you loved and that you missed. And consider, too, that you are healed through no effort of your own. You had absolutely nothing to do with it. How elated would you be? I don't think there are any words that can express it. It would be beyond all comprehension. And wouldn't you feel forever indebted to the one who made your healing possible? I saying thank you, it just seems to fall woefully short. It, it, it doesn't even come to a point of how grateful you would be, right? Yet how did it go in this passage of scripture? 10 prayers for healing. 10 prayers answered affirmatively, yet only one who was grateful. 10 prayers, one thanksgiving. That's what's so astounding. That's what's so shocking about this passage. How could it be? 90%, 90% after receiving their lives back, after coming back to community and livelihoods, they're thankless. And for the one, the grateful Samaritan who did come back, Jesus had some questions. And there is no answer recorded from the man at Jesus' feet. It's almost as if these are rhetorical questions. What was the first? Jesus asked, were not all 10 cleansed? Well, yes, all 10 were healed. Ten cried out, ten were healed. And then the second question, where are the other nine? Well, they weren't there with the one, that's for sure. And who really knows where they were? And then the third question, has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner, a Samaritan? And what does this imply? Why would Jesus even bring up the man's ethnicity? 
Well, it seems to imply that some of the others, and perhaps all nine of the missing men, were Jewish. And they should have known that they had received divine grace. They should have recognized that grace. They should have seen and known it is God and God alone that heals. They would have known the Old Testament accounts of Naaman the Syrian who was healed of leprosy. They would have known of Miriam, Moses' sister, who was also healed of leprosy. But they didn't come back. It's the Samaritan who had come back to Jesus, not the Jews. The Samaritan who had a mixed religion, one part Judaism mixed in with parts of the pagan Assyrian religions. He was the only one who came back when all ten should have come back to Jesus. And the ones who knew the ways of God should have been leading the way. But ten healed, and only one, only one who was grateful, only one who recognized grace. Where are the nine? That's a good question for all of us. And where do we fall into this statistics? Are we in the 10% or are we in the 90%? Do we recognize grace? Are we grateful Is that our will? Is it our will to acknowledge God's grace in our lives, that he's met our needs? Do we recognize needs met, ways made, prayers answered? This is the will of God for us, to give thanks in all circumstances. And that was the 10%, not the 90, after they were healed. We don't read of the ten lepers being thankful while they suffered with their disease. As awful as their situation was, they did have things to be thankful for, even in their time of suffering. For one thing, they had each other. They weren't condemned to a life of solitary confinement. And we might be able to think up other things they could have been thankful for. But no matter how long of a list we could make of things they could have been thankful for, we realize how difficult it must have been with such a devastating disease to live with it. And we might have some sympathy for them had they not been grateful during that time. But what about when life opened back up? What about when they were restored to the land of the living? The 10% turnout of gratefulness ought to have been 100%. But only one out of 10 acknowledged the grace. Only one out of 10 exercised the will to be grateful. How about 100% of us have the attitude of that one? Grateful now. Grateful now as we live just a fraction of what it meant in this biblical account to be shut out of community and shut out of our livelihoods. And not only grateful now, but grateful as we ease back into life, grateful as life opens back up. I began this morning with an example of our last will. Declaring our last will is a good thing. But what about 
our first will. What is our first will? Can we make God's will for us our first will? Can our first will and testament be this? I will give thanks in all circumstances. Let's make that our first will. Let's declare our first will to be rejoice always. Pray continually and give thanks in all circumstance. It's God's will for us in Christ Jesus. And I know it's easier said than done, but when we see grace and we acknowledge it and we seek to accomplish God's will, we are modeling Jesus Christ whose mission was to do the will of his Father. Jesus said, yet not my will, Father, but yours be done. And he did that to reconcile sinners with their heavenly Father. He did that to save souls. He did that to save your soul. He did that to save my soul. Let's be people who follow Jesus. Let's be people who put God's will as our first will. And let's rejoice always and pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances. It's God's will for all of us in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you, God. Thank you for the reminders we have in Scripture of how we can live out your will for us. Thank you, God, that we can see grace, even in times of difficult situations. Help us to be people who recognize grace, acknowledge your grace, and see it in all aspects of our life. God, I just pray you to open the eyes of our heart, open our eyes to see it and acknowledge it and be grateful people, grateful for all that you've done, grateful for sending your son Jesus Christ to die for us and win us salvation and eternal life, grateful for all that we have, grateful for needs met and ways made. God, help us to be thankful and acknowledge it all. Lord, we need your help sometimes to move beyond those that grumpy attitude and to have attitudes of gratitude. Help us all, God, and bless every single person who's listening with an attitude of gratefulness. And Lord, be with all who are celebrating today, celebrating Moms and Mother's Day. Be with those who have lost mothers. Be with those who maybe didn't even know their mom or have a mom. God, I just pray your grace would fall on everyone in my listening voice, and you would carry us. And Lord, we pray. Together we pray that we would see a turning, an opening, where we would be able to begin to get back into our lives. Put down this virus, we pray, and help us, God, to get back to uh, lives that are lived outside the walls of our homes. We thank you for that, God. We praise you for that. We give you this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. God bless you this morning. Have a great rest of the day.